Well, I'm very excited. Uh, Pastor Mark has allowed me to start a new series um, uh, called Groupie or Group Me. Um, um, it's got kind of the 60s theme there uh, because groupies kind of started back in the 60s. I don't know if y'all know what a groupie is, but a groupie, um, I looked up a definition. This isn't, this isn't from the Bible dictionary or anything like that because this, this word came long after. The 1965 was our first thought of the word groupie. Uh, so groupie is a fan of a rock group who usually follows the group around on concert tours or an admirer of a celebrity who attends as many of his or her public appearances or, as possible or an enthusiast, an aficionado, a polit- there might be a political groupie, a golf groupie, a, believe it or not, a pastor groupie, or a Jesus groupie. Now, I've got to admit, I, I added the pastor groupie or the Jesus groupie there. But, but um, So a groupie is just someone that gets excited about uh, different groups. I've, I've met some Christian groupies. As a matter of fact, in my office, I've got a groupie who's a Michael W. Smith groupie. Any, any of y'all familiar with Michael W. Smith? Now, you know someone's a groupie. When they've got a poster, when they're 50 years of age and they've got a poster of Michael W. Smith in their bedroom. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that is a groupie. And uh, she was telling me the story the last time she went to one of Michael W. Smith's concerts. Um, she gets all, get, you know, gigged up and all the, the Michael W. Smith badges and everything. And she even made a hand handmade backstage pass. It wasn't, it wasn't like an official backstage pass. It was like a, she created it herself. And so when the, when the, when the, when the person that was like running the concert was coming around, she's like, it's time for backstage. Oh, backstage, backstage. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for the back. Oh, I'm ready for Michael. And she was just all pumped about Michael, you know. So that's a groupie. Now, what Pastor Mark and I were talking about in preparing for this, this series is that in Christianity, in church, we have a tendency to be groupies. We're excited about our pastor. We're pumped about him. And we should be. But that's, that's just skin deep. And, and so we, we would rather transition us from being groupies to group me. Group me in a group that's going to do something for the kingdom of God. And our key verse for this series is going to be Ephesians 4, 11, uh, 12, 11 through 12. It says, and he gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, the shepherds and teachers, the leadership. He gave, the Lord gave the leadership of the church with this purpose. To equip the saints... For the work of ministry. Now notice what it said there. It did not say to equip the pastors for the work of ministry. It did not say to equip the apostles for the work of ministry. It, it didn't say that. It said it equipped who? The saints. And who are the saints? If you've, if you've committed your life to Jesus, you're a saint. And the saints came marching in this morning. And the saints are supposed to go marching out. There. Right there. That car right there needs you. And it's not supposed to be us saying, Pastor Mark, that car out there needs you. (laughs) Pastor Mark, (laughs) they need you. (laughs) No. That was an accident. That was not planned. The role of the leader of the church is to equip the saints for ministry. And in our humble opinion as leaders, see, as leaders of the church, we believe that the, the ministry of the church, the ministry of the church is to fulfill the vision of the Lord. In other words, the church is supposed to complete his vision. 
Pastor Mark's not supposed to complete his mission. He's supposed to prepare you to complete the mission. The elders, the leaders, Pastor Mark Anthony, we're supposed to help you group together to be used to his glory to reach those people out there. So, so what's the vision? We've been, if you haven't heard, the vision is we want people to know God. We want people to find freedom. We want people to discover purpose. And we want ultimately for those people to make a difference. And when they make a difference, what they're going to be doing is they're going to help people to know God. So those people can find freedom. So those people can discover the purpose. Right? And so they can make a difference. And then those new people can make, what can they do? They can help more people know God. Do you, you hear me? And, and what, what I mean by knowing God is they need, we need, uh, lost people need to be saved. Lost people need to be saved. We were coming from a conference and we heard this week, this past week, 53 pe- 53% of people aren't going to walk into church. They aren't going to do it. That's why we've got to group together to be used of him to reach them. And here's another great statistic. 82% of people out there, this is not, this is not Christianity Today that made this poll. This is like Gallup poll that made the poll. 82% of people, if they were just invited by a friend, would come to church. Only 5 to 10% of people out there are actually hostile to the, the whole thought of Christianity. So if we, instead of saying, Pastor Mark, see, we have a vision that this church is too small. There's supposed to be a thousand people here in the next three years. We're supposed to have two and three services here in three years. Why? Because we want, we like the idea of a thousand numbers? No, because people are dying and going straight to hell. That's why. Not because we're impassioned to have a thousand people. We don't want people to go to hell. If this is true, those 53% of people that are out there not coming, that are driving by every Sunday, need a group of people that aren't excited about our pastor. Oh, Pastor Mark, oh, I love you. Oh. They're, they're excited about God's vision that he's empowering us to do, that he's trying to equip us to do, that he's developed a growth track that all of us are going through so we can be equipped. And we're starting small groups so we can invite some of those people to come to the small groups and develop relationships with them. So they might be more willing to come to church with us because they've got a friendship. They're not our enemies. Does that make sense? So we're, we're, we're trying, to lost, trying to get lost people saved. Do you know there's some lost people? Do you know there's some lost people? And, and we're just going to leave them there. No, we want to get them saved. That's why we want, we want to help them know God. We're going to have to find freedom, which means that we're going to pop it up there. We're going to get saved people pastored. By getting Pastor Mark in front of them? No. He can't do it. If we had a thousand people, can he, can he pastor a thousand people? No, but, but, but when, when you lead a small group, and when you lead a small group, and, and when you lead a small group, and, and, and when you lead a small group, and you get these people in a small group, they're going to be pastored. Does that make sense? So we're going to get saved people pastored. And guess what we're going to do with pastored people? We're going, to, we're going to train them to discover their purpose. That's why we've got this growth track, to help people to discover that so they can press forward in that. And then ultimately, we're going to take those trained people and what we're going to do with them. We're going to mobilize them in groups. 
to make a difference. So ministry, our, our, our purpose as leaders is not for the leaders to do the ministry. The leaders of the church are supposed to be equipping you to do the ministry. You're the ministers to make a difference. Now, in, in Ephesians 4, after the comma, I don't know if you noticed when I showed you that scripture, there was a comma. And in uh, verses uh, uh, 13, it says this, Until we all attain to the unity of faith, so part of that equipping and part of us doing all these things together is we're going we're to have this unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to, ma- to mature manhood. We'll be mature Christians, mature group me's, not group e's, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro with the waves of all the groupy things of what, what we got to do to follow this or follow that. Now, who we need to be following are the lost. They need us. If we really believe this, they need us. Not not going here and going there and following this and following that. Ah, that's so good. No, what we're supposed to be doing is actually ministering to the people that are lost. That's not his job. I mean, he does it, but he can't do it if we're going to grow. And you say, well, you keep talking about growing. Well, that's the purpose of the church is to grow so more people go to heaven and make a difference. In more people's lives, so more people go to heaven and make a difference. And so for more people to get saved and get... Are you getting this? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I'm pumped because we, the, the elders, we were praying. We pray every Tuesday morning. And we were praying Tuesday morning about four weeks ago. And the Lord dropped this in my spirit. And I'm hoping y'all are getting as much out as I am. The Lord dropped this message in my spirit to bring to you that... Um, and it wasn't with the title groupie or groupies, but that's what, what, what we, we, we've come together on that as a, as a team. Um, and look what it says here. For the whole body joints, so the whole body, the whole group of us, the group of us, the whole group of us, not one celebrating somebody, the whole group of us, the one body, joined and held together by every joint with which each of us is equipped. We're all equipped when each part is working properly. We're all working together properly. Making the body, listen to what the body's supposed to do, grow. The body's supposed to grow. The body is supposed to grow. The body's supposed to grow. The body's supposed to grow. The Lord, our head, wants to group me, group us, group me, group each of us with others to reach those who are not in this room. We exist For our non-members. This isn't an exclusive Christian Renewal Club. Our purpose is not to handpick others from other churches. Our purpose is to reach them out there. And out there. And out here. And back there. And over there. And if I pulled those back and we had a window back there, I'd say through there. And I don't have windows back there, but over there. They're lost. They're not here. It's Jesus' desire for us to reach them. He wants to equip us to do this. We exist for our non-members. We have to decide, do we want to be part of the growth? We in this church have to decide that we want to be part of the growth. 
We have to make that decision. And, 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 and I've gone through that decision. When, uh, three years ago, four years ago, when, when uh, uh, Pastor Ligon added Mark and I to the elders group, and we, we became aware that Pastor Ligon was going to be retiring, and we began processing, what does this look like? And, and we're going to get this pastor, and he might come with his vision. And so we were trying to, do, what, is, what is the vision? What is the vision for the church? And then we determined that, you know what, no man has his vision. God has a vision for his church. And that's why we, 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 have, we, we feel like that, Knowing God and finding freedom and, 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 and uh, excuse me, I'm losing, discovering your purpose and making a difference. We discovered through several scriptures, and maybe Pastor Mark will take us through this one time. He deserves to be able to do that. There's scriptures throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament. I'm going to hit on one of them that bring this vision forward. And we discovered as a group of elders that this is God's vision. And then we discovered that we wanted to do this growth track. And then we wanted to do small groups. And as, and as elders, we sat around and said to each other, well, that means... We're going to have to lead small groups. And I wasn't at the time. And so long before it became, but long before the, we came before the pulpit and said, this is, our, this is our vision, long before we did that, I made a quality decision. So, so if this is the vision, if this is where we're going, I need to start doing this. And so Natalie and I started leading a small group, a, a parenting group. And then we did a, a freedom group and, and then, then we did another parenting group, and then we did a summer fun run that didn't go so well. And we're going to lead a marriage group this 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 um, this uh, fall. We're going to lead a, mar- a small group with a marriage group. Why? Because I want people that are out there to come in. And there was some talk among now. I didn't. We didn't get a whole bunch of people to come in, but I know it's going to happen. You got to you got to prime the pump. You got to do the you got to do the work to, in order for it to happen. You can't. Make it happen. And, and some of you in this church are phenomenal group leaders. He can't do it all. If I had all the elders up here, we can't do it all. That's right. It's going to take us grouping together. Not being a pastor mark groupie, but grouping together to make a difference in someone's life. So where were we? So, that, so, so you have to decide, do you want to be part of the growth? We made a decision. We want to be part of the growth. And we're committed to this vision. And we're, we're going to press forward with this vision. And, and, if, and if you don't think it's God's vision, I'm, I'm, you're going to have to bring it forward. So everybody sees it's God. This is God's vision. We didn't make it up. It's over and over again through Scripture. And so we're going to try to press that forward. And we're going to do our best to do it. And if we find a better way to do it, we're going to do a better way to do it. Why? Because there's lost people out there that need Jesus. And you know them. And you bump into them. This is one of the reasons I work at Skylark, because we see lost people. Skylark is a, a ministry to women who, and families that are facing unplanned pregnancies. And we see on a regular basis, basis people that are, that are not saved, that are lost. And, and, the, and the celebrations that happen when one of our volunteers leads someone to the Lord, they're excited, they're pumped. We want you in this church to experience the same excitement. Not over because a pastor could say a great word, but because someone's going to experience eternal life now. And have an opportunity to get freedom for the past and, and get an opportunity to, to, to walk in the freedom of the Holy Spirit and experience all the gifts of the Holy Spirit by being invited to a small group. Does that make sense? So, um, so scripture. For we are his workmanship. This is Ephesians 2.10. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We're, prepared, we're, we're here for good works. And the greatest good work is getting one of those folks right in here. It's the greatest, great, greatest good work. And this, if you don't, if you think, well, Paul's maybe got it wrong, let's say what Jesus said. Go therefore and make, this is Matthew chapter 25, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm, I'm with you always to the end of the age. It sounds like the vision to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. It's what it sounds like. And, and again, in, in Mark's rendition of what Jesus said upon his home going, when it, in, verse six, in verse 15 of Mark chapter 16, and he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. They'll know God. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will be cast out demons and they'll speak in new tongues and they'll pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down on the right hand of God. This is what we want for those unbelievers out there. It's Jesus' vision. And I'm trying to encourage you not, to not be a groupie, but be a group me. Get me in a group, coach. Put me in. Not, I need Pastor Mark to do this. No, put me in, coach. Football reference there. Or baseball. Or kickball. Or wherever you get put in to play a sport. This is more important than a sport, though. This is someone's life. Eternal life. A couple more scriptures. Uh, Mark, uh, excuse me, John 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say to whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do because I'm, I'm going to the Father. So Jesus wants us to do greater works than what he did of bringing the lost to him, actually. And in John 14, going on verse 15, if you love me, you'll do this. You'll keep my commandments. And I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another helper to be, you, be with you forever. See, this is the way I like to look at it. That the scripture is talking about, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. It's not about you do this as a punishment. It's just do you do this because you adore him. In other words, because as a result of Jesus being in you, you can't help it. You want to get others saved. Now, you may not be evangelist. Mark, Mark's got some evangelism. You might not have that natural, natural evangelist deal but but you've got an opportunity to, to get them and get them here where we could get people to them does that make sense so so if you're concerned i'm not a natural evangelist oh, oh well can you start a small group with something you already do and get people that are lost into your group and make a difference in their life so they'll come to, come to the lord um this is the way i like to, this is the way i put it i broke it when i broke this down when i broke the scripture down adoration without action is apathetic Loving Jesus or loving our passion, I'm so excited, without doing anything, is apathetic. Apathetic, according to Merriam-Webster or whoever it was that I looked it up in. Um, 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 apathetic is having or showing little or no feeling or emotion. I didn't make this up. Spiritless. I think it's a direct connection to what Jesus said here, that he'll send you a helper, the spirit. And when you are, when you are apathetic, you are spiritless. You ain't got no Holy Spirit working with you. Having little or no interest or concern, indifferent. Um, putting it another way, apathy, impassivity, or indifference will also denote a lack of responsiveness to something that might normally excite interest or emotion. So adoration without action is apathetic. Action without adoration is arrogance. Doing the deed without the lead of the Holy Spirit. And we can get caught up in that as well. Doing the deed without the lead of the Holy Spirit. 
This is what I believe that the Lord wants for us. Adoration, inspired action, is kingdom advancement. And that's what I'm trying to talk about, kingdom advancement here. Matter of fact, I think it actually is not kingdom advancement. Adoration-inspired action is actually, what's the next one? Adoration. It's actually adoration. If you really adore someone, you're going to do whatever you can to help them reduce. I mean, some of y'all that were, you know, when you were dating, you know, you, you talked five hours to the woman over a telephone hooked to a wall. Or you talked on your whatever cell phone or texted them for whatever it was, and you did it, and you talked and you're like, oh, we've been talking for five hours, so it just seems like three minutes. Because <laughs> you adored them. You do whatever. You do whatever action it took to bring forward that, that what they desire. Does that make sense? And, and I can't think of anything more than the Lord desires is those people out there to be right here. And if we really adore them, we're going to take some action. We're going to do something about that. Um, so... Um, Jesus gave everything for me. Will I give anything for him? Or maybe put it this way. Will I give everything for him? They need everything for, for him. They need everything for him. They need us to give everything for him so that they can give everything for them, for him. Y'all with me? This is not meant to, this is not meant to discourage you. This is meant to encourage you to get rolling. Matter of fact, this church has been going a little bit over 40 years. If you don't mind, I, want to, I don't want to inconvenience you, so please work with me. Um, well, actually, let me share two scriptures, and I'll inconvenience you a little bit, okay? Let me share two scriptures, and then I'll inconvenience you for just a little bit. Uh, another scripture, First uh, Colossians 1, 27 and 29. I promise you another scripture that would show you the vision of the Lord. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you the hope of his glory for the rest of the world, okay? Him we proclaim. In other words, we're going to go out there and we're going to proclaim him so people will know him. We're going to warn everyone about their lifestyles to help them find freedom. We're going to teach them so they can discover their purpose, right? Everyone with, Teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ so that they can make a difference, right? So for this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he may said he powerfully works within me. The mature in Christ are not indifferent groupies. The mature in Christ are not indifferent groupies. They group together with others who are mature in Christ to present Jesus to more folks. So I want to do a roll call for the mature in Christ here. This is where I'm going to slightly inconvenience you. The church has been around for over 40 years. Who's actually been here for over 40 years? Could you please stand for me? Could you stand for me, please? And I'm gonna, if, I'm, I know I'm going to inconvenience you. These, these, are, these are, thank you, thank you for your investment. Thank you for your investment that you've made it possible. Stay, stay standing, please stay, please, please stay standing. Please stay standing. I know it's going to be just slightly inconvenient, so I, I, I won't have you stand forever. How about folks that have been here between 30 and 40 years? You, you, you were 30 and 40 years into this. You're, you're 30 to 40 years into this, yeah. 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 How about, how about 20 to 30 years? You've been in this 20 to 30 years. Please stay standing. If, you've, if I've called on you, please stay standing. I just want to try to make a point here. 20 to 30 years, 20 to 30 years, folks. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Who's my, who's my 10 to 20 folks? 10 to 20 years. You've been here 10 to 20 years? 10 to 20 years. Yes, yes, yes. 
So everybody, so so far, so please stay standing up. I'm, I'm sorry I'm inconveniencing you. This is, I, I promise it won't be forever. Just 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 stay here longer. Um, for everybody else that's sitting right now, these are the people that have made what we have. So they've made it possible. Please stay. Please stay. Standing. So so those been here between five and ten years. Because did, did I get ten to twenty right? So next will be five to ten. Am I right on that? Five to ten years. You've been here five to ten years. Where's our five to ten years? Five. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then I'm going to go, then I'm going to go two to five years. You've been here two to five years. 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 You are the mature in Christ. Two to 40 years involved in the church. You're the mature in Christ. If you're not making a difference right now, For the kingdom of God, I'm challenging you to hear the call of the Holy Spirit to you. That we've got to make a greater difference because we're the mature in Christ. If if you want to be a groupie, why don't you groupie some of the things that Pastor Mark's been trying to encourage you to do. Like go through the growth track. Today is a perfect time to go through the growth track. It's it's, it's the one one group, group, what is it called? One. It's one. It's number one. It's the first week of the month. It's number one. Start with number one. Okay. You, you, you're whatever can wait an hour. It's just he's asking for an hour of your time, time to, to to hear what he's got to say on this. Please, please do it. Please do what we've had to do as as, as leaders of the church. We've had to say we're gonna we're gonna step up. We're not gonna we're gonna be intentional with our reach to the lost. We're not gonna be happenstance. We're not going to be quesera, sera. We're going to do whatever it takes. If you really believe lost people are lost, if you really believe that lost people are lost, they're lost, y'all. They don't know Jesus. If they die today, they're going straight to hell. You have a precious gift. The greatest gift that's ever been given to anyone. Life in Christ. Don't hoard it. Don't keep it to yourself. I know it's inconvenient. I run a Skylark. We have three offices. We're doing, I I don't have any time, but I'm going to make the time for the lost. I'm too old. Who said that? I'm too young. Who said that? I can't do this. Then don't do that. Do something else that you can do. Go to Growth Track 2 and discover your design and use your design to His glory. Okay? Listen, if you've not been on the action, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm just trying to wake you up that there's a greater cause here. And you've got to do something. All right, for everybody else that's, that's here, would you please stand up? Everybody else. That'll get the whole church standing. We're all together. We're all together. Now, if you don't know Jesus, that's your first step. You need to know God. And I want to give you just an opportunity. I want you to take this. Now, what we're passing out here is that we, I know we have a sheriff in our church, okay? So this was a risky thing. We've got a sheriff, and I'm saying there's a new sheriff in town. His name is Jesus. And Jesus wants to deputize you to reach the lost. And so we got a little sheriff's badge that we're going to pass out to you. Everybody gets a sheriff's badge. You're being deputized. 
Now, if you want to, you can blame this. Listen to me. You blame it on the Holy Spirit. I was over here praying, and the Holy Spirit dropped it in my heart. You need to deputize the church. You need to deputize the church to do the work of the kingdom, to advance the kingdom. You need to deputize them. So, so you can take it up with the Holy Spirit because He's the one that put this on my heart that we need to be deputized. Now, I'm glad I'm, I'm seeing someone put on. That's good. This is good. Some of y'all are doing the right thing. Okay. Now we don't need no Barney Fife's. Okay, that's why you need to go through the growth track and you need to step into a group and you need to take part in your leadership. So, so the, for those of you have not, that have not, do, do not know God, you're far from him right now and you need to, you need to take that first step. That badge comes on after you say, I know you. I want to step forward in that. And I want to give you an opportunity to that. So if, if you don't, I know we're still passing around badges, but if, I would, if you don't mind, I like everybody, if you don't mind, please, because this is, this is difficult. So if we can stop the badges for just a second. Would you mind bowing your heads with me? Because I want to give an opportunity for someone that doesn't know him to know him this morning. And as Pastor Mark says, this is the best way for us to get kind of individualized is for us to kind of close our eyes and bow our heads. And it's kind of just us and the Lord. And as I've been preaching, the Holy Spirit may have put on your heart. If you don't know him, you're thinking, man, this sounds like something I want to get involved with. I want to, I want to, I want to, first of all, I want to experience this life that he's talking about with Christ. And I want to be a mature Christian, and I want to do do, do godly things, and I want to I want to help others to, to know Christ, and I want to escape the grips of hell this morning, and I want to be able to experience eternal life with Christ. If that's you this morning, as we have all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, if that's you, would you mind just lifting your hand right now, just for a second, putting down? I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm just just want to see if there's something this morning that you need this. Okay. All right. So, Amen. Everybody can open their eyes. Open your eyes. This means that either someone's not responding to this, or this means that everybody in this room is a blood-bought believer in Jesus. And you've been deputized this morning to walk in his vision, to do his will, to do whatever it takes to get to help us reach this vision of lost people coming to Christ so they'll know him, so they'll find freedom, so they'll discover their purpose. And they'll make a difference. So I'm going to, I'm not the sheriff, but I'm going to pray over you. This is what I feel like the Holy Spirit gave to me. I'm supposed to pray over you all. And I, I hope you're as excited as me is that we need to get out there, y'all, to the lost. This isn't a social club. This isn't just for the goody-goody feeling. This is to get real people into the kingdom. So, Father, I thank you for every person in this room that that has put their trust in you and knows that you are the Lord and Savior of their life. Lord, you've put it on my heart to to try to inspire, encourage, develop, preach, stir up everyone in this church to recognize their rightful place as as a kingdom advancer, as a man and woman of God who who's a king's kid, whose intention is not, the intention for their life is not for them to just live life and die, but their intention for the, their, your intention for their life is for them to reach the lost, to help them find freedom, to help them discover their purpose, and to help them um, be able to make a difference. So I pray in Jesus' name that everyone in this room 
We'll have a fresh yearning. That they'll be uncomfortable. That there are lost people out there. That they'll be shook if they've done nothing up till now. And as a result, they'll be inspired to them, them themselves to make a difference. And Lord, I pray as a result that we'll see dozens of groups in the fall. And that as we pray for this in these 21 days for harvest, that we'll see hundreds of people, hundreds of people come forward that don't know you. Lord, shake us to our very roots. That lost people are out there. And our greatest gift to them is you. And that we should not hoard that gift. And I ask by your great power and your anointing that you would anoint every one of us to recognize this. That we would take our rightful place in the vision that Pastor Mark and the leaders have been bringing forward. And that we'll, if we haven't take ste- taken steps, that we'll take the steps that we need to take. And if we have taken steps, we've kind of sat back, that we would no longer sit back, that we press forward to see the lost come into the kingdom. And I thank you for this, Jesus. I thank you. It's your will for us to bring forth growth here. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, I just want to ask you, has any of you ever lost something? You ever, your keys? You, you, you lost them? Because this became real to me last night. I've been here for the last two days. As long as I can count on a pressure wall, whatever to get ready, we have open house for our school. And uh, one of our maintenance guys was uh, had surgery. And so I, I went home. I, I got here early and got home late, and it was about dark. And I was wore out and... I, I I went in. I just like I just I just need to go rest a little bit. And as I uh, I hadn't eaten supper, I ate and I got a little more refreshed. And I said, "Where's my phone at?" You know how accustomed we've come to these things. <laughs> Have you ever lost your cell phone? <laughs> Do you know what happens? I was so distracted. That's all I could think about is my cell phone. And you know what I thought about? I knew I was going to wake up this morning, and I'm used to taking my phone. As soon as my eyes open up, I look at my scripture verses, and I'm like, now it did, God did quicken me. I got to get my Bible back out, but that's where I read it. But I was so distracted, and and you do the same thing. You get distracted by things you get lost. It just wears on you, all you can think about. I finally went to sleep at some point last night and said, "I I just got to go to sleep. But this morning, I woke up. You know where I found it at? It was in the trash. It was in my trash can. I was so tired. I threw, I had a bottle of water and I threw it in there and I was like, well, I can't find anywhere. I took the trash can. I dumped it out. Oh, there it is. I want to say something to you. We get distracted by lost things. How many of you know that God gets distracted by lost things? I mean, he loves us gathering together. We're his children. But I'm telling you, God gets distracted very much by children, his children that are lost. And I think he wants us to get distracted by that as well, that, wow, it really does matter what I do 
as to whether or not people come into his kingdom. And yes, he has more grace, more love, more anointing for each one of us. But it is to reach a generation, to reach the people in this community that God's placed us in touch with to do that. Let me bless you right now. Open your hands to the Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Father God, you're the one who created the universe and you commanded your blessing to be spoken over your people so that your name may be placed on them. And in so doing, you in turn would do the blessing. So I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord causes face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace in Jesus name. Amen.